Leafs talk, J.D. Bunkus, Sam McKee, back after the All-Star break. Buddy, I got to tell you, doing this job, at times, it can take away a little bit of the passion, you know? Like, it just, it becomes a bit of a job. You got to get into professional mode. You got to try to see the the game clearly, right? You got to try to get rid of the bias. Seeing Pierre Engvall bury (laughs) on the Leafs as they fail to make a clear like they've done all season long uh, <laughs> right at the end of regulation to not even secure their precious loser point at home that that's about as mad as i've been all year that that was the old me would have like punched a couch cushion you know like maybe thrown a remote possibly at a different time a different stage of my life i i hated that one i'm sour yeah so we're back leafs talk is back this is a uh vintage evening of leafs talk i would say uh, uh for all the wrong reasons yeah that that stinks and listen that was pierre engel's first goal i think in 13 first point nine cool. uh we can all sleep at night knowing that he's still no good but yeah that puck lands on his stick in the slot and he fires into the back of the net and uh yeah <laughs> I don't, joe you gotta go back further on the highlight man like no, this no. is this this is all the same issue that they've had all season long, which is like Morgan Riley trying to make a soft backhand play. It's like two Islanders waiting for him. And then all of a sudden they get their cycle going and bang, it's in the back of the net. Yeah. So I tested the the lengths of the former Leafs scoring against the uh, the Leafs today. And I've talked about a Pierre Engvall goal today on Real Kipper and Bourne. I said, surely it won't go this far. And it just, you can't survive it. If there's an obscure leaf that's coming back to score against you, I guess you just got all fired up seeing the tribute video. So uh, they had to they had to put out the tribute video. How many goals did he score as a leaf? Like twenty five. There's got to be more. Okay, uh, like listen, we're we're starting here. Okay, we'll get into the game in a second. But Pierre Engvall scored the game winner, <laughs> and the Leafs gave the tribute video. This is my nightmare. <laughs> the guy was a complete non-factor for this organization as a playoff performer like he was the epitome of their playoff failures where it was analytically solid in the regular season no name player that dubas brought from god knows where who i think his best season as a leaf was 15 goals yep right correct correct 15 so here's my guess here's my guess on the pierre engvall because you asked me how many goals here's my guess on the over under my over under guess for Pierre Engvall, Leaf goals based on 15, because I think he had 15, and then the next year was down from that. I'm going to say it's under 40 goals in 200 games. It is 42. Oh, yeah, 42, 42 goals. And my okay. quick math uh, is mathing here. Yeah, uh, carry the two, carry the four. Yeah, Joe, 42. Joe, check, check, Sammy. No, it's 42. It's 100% 42. I don't want you to do the math okay. live on air here, but it's 42. Uh, yeah. Joe Vokes, confirm. confirm here's Joe the thing. Vo- here's the thing. It's so few. I'm a dumbass and I could do it. So yeah. that tells yeah. you all you need to know. The fact that I could do the math. Yeah, you got you, you got Ricky older. grade nine math. <laughs> you, got, you're, you're, you got your grade nine and you can put together how many goals Pierre Engvall had to leave. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think here's what I will say. I think if you enjoyed watching Pierre Engvall play for the Toronto Maple Leafs, we could not be friends. Like, we could not be friends. There's no shot that we'd ever be able to watch a hockey game together. And I would go, I'm enjoying your company right now. This is a very good time that I am having. Please stay longer. Do you want to get a beer after this game? Would you like to hang out and chill? 
I hated that they gave him the tribute video. My normal position on this one yeah. is what harm does it do? It kind of makes for a little bit of a event at a hockey game. It shows a little class as a franchise, but this is the Toronto Maple Leafs for God's sakes. Can we just have mm -hmm. a bar that's higher than 2,200 games and 40 goals and zero playoff success and a player that was largely cheered out of town? Like, what are we doing? Like, I know. some bar. Some bar, so that it's not a self dunk for God's sakes, Toronto Maple Leafs. And if you're not going to do a Kyle Dubas tribute video and then you yeah. do a, a Engvall tribute video, you just look petty and dumb and inconsistent. And yeah, I told you, I'm pissed. I'm sour. <laughs> Cook, to... brother. Cook. I, I, I hate it. I hate it. I can't believe it. I saw Luke Fox tweet it out and I had to delete my initial tweet because it was way too ruthless. And I had to go with something much softer. And so, yeah. To see him bury had me doing the Arthur meme, just squeezing my fist well, angrily that he I did looked it. away uh, in disgust. Like I was like, no, it wasn't him. No, I was like, yeah. no, not no, like if no, anyone else. Like but I know. uh so Ugh. I guess we can try to get into the nuts and the bolts of this game without sure, you know, through going through the forest of of that that we just tried to cut our way through. But um yeah, I I thought that the four guys that played at the all-star game had some jump early in the game. And I thought they were pretty good in the first period. They didn't get anything to go. Marner ends up scoring. Uh, Tavares wasn't at the all-star game, probably his best game in a month. And I guess it has to do with him being off for that long, probably just mm -hmm. crushing kale smoothies, ice baths all week. Guaranteed. Just, like just doing the dorkiest week of all time. Obviously, it's a tremendous honor to take this week off with my wife and family. And then he's just, you know, comes out, has the best game of the year for the least, scores that one, almost had a winner or a sort of tying goal in the last minute. But outside of that, looked a lot like a lot of other Leaf games where they can't get any depth scoring and they don't win the game. Yeah. Uh, I just picture John Tavares listening to Joe Rogan podcast, <laughs> like <laughs> doing, doing cold plunges and whatever neurotropics he's, oh, yeah. he's fired. He's he's doing that. Like that's <laughs> that's what John Tavares is doing during the break. During the break, over under four and a half days sent, spent at four performance center. Yeah, he was there. He was over. The he was there every day. Remember guaranteed. that commercial where it was him sleeping at the rink? And he was like, <laughs> that's actually him. That was him. That was how he rested. He would have spent some good old family time yeah. in the backyard, probably as the weather got a little nicer here. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then boom to the rink. I thought Tavares looked good. And, you know, Joe, this is to me, this, this story of this game is pretty simple. Leafs generated a bunch of pressure and yeah. they just couldn't finish their opportunities and they left it to go too late. And this is a team that has not closed periods. Well, this is a team that doesn't defend leads well or ties well for that matter. And they got bit in the ass. But like, look at this highlight clip that we're going to roll for you right now. Like, This is just the second line, by the way. This isn't even including Matthews, who I think had the most improbable non-goal that we'll see all season, where it hits two posts. It's the best three. goal scorer in the NHL. It three. three. It hit the, the uh, sidebar, crossbar, uh, sidebar. Oh, I didn't know that it hit the crossbar. Yeah. Okay, well, we'll probably see that one again, too. But look at some of the opportunities these guys generated and just they couldn't find a way to put one in the back of the net. Like Bertuzzi made a gorgeous pass to Nylander. I think it was in the second period that Nylander couldn't finish and just couldn't find a way yeah. to shovel home. Bertuzzi missed one that was right on the doorstep that I thought was kind of an easy one. He hasn't now scored in what? 15 games. I'm not sure games? he'll ever score again. Like he, he he's is. So, he's, he's just, he's got the, he's, he's got the curse that's riding yeah. him. 
But I mean, the guy cut, cut off all his line. hair. He cut off all his hair. I mean, he donated it to a great cause. I loved it. I thought mood. he was going to score for for sure. Of that but like, yeah, but that's something you do clearly to be a great guy. But also, there's part of it where he's like, I got to change it up. Like, yeah. I I got to get a you know, it's like growing a like when uh, Danny Jansen grew a mustache and then he yeah. started to rake. It's like, yeah. yeah, this is his version of growing a mustache. Yeah, when he, he became Dan Jansen. Yeah, when he became Dan Jansen. Jansen. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like he's just really. And, you know, it has to be said, another game without a Willie Nylander goal. And, yeah. like, the a big reason that this team had any sort of success through the first, you know, uh, you know half of the season was the fact that William Nylander was carrying them for a lot of nights. And his offense was unbelievable. And, like, they had two real offensive threat lines where you had Nylander doing his thing along with Marner and Matthews. And since that's dried up, the Leafs have kind of hit an inconsistent patch. Like, that's the whole thing. When you're paying these four guys this much money, you need all four of them to kind of be going. And when Tavares wasn't going and Willie's not going, it really shows offensively. And, you know, it's another game where they scored two goals. They had lots of chances. I want to give credit to Ilya Sorokin because I thought he was really good tonight, made a lot of great stops, but they had enough chances to push one over the line and they didn't. And Willie goes another game without a goal. So it's uh, it's... <laughs> Bro, did you think Sorokin was? I, I thought Sorokin was good. Um, I thought, he, made, I I thought he, felt, he. I thought he was solid, very solid, like positionally good. I thought he made a couple really good stops, like just yeah. looked confident there. Maybe he had the Leafs shooters overthinking a little bit, but I thought he was pretty good. I did. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was more about the Leafs tonight than it was Sorokin. If I'm being bang on, like dead honest, I, I thought that that was their inability to to finish mm-hmm. more so than it was him robbing guys. Okay. Like if you look I, I, at I won't, a lot of those totally highlights that you. we roll, it's it's a lot of just not the the final piece of it, not like a, a bit of a lack of finishing. I guarantee you, if you pull up the heat map for the Leafs tonight, if you're in the heat map chart community, oh, you're having a t- time of your life tonight. You're going. The servo meter is going to be red hot tonight for the for the Leaf fans out there. They deserve the servo meter is going to yeah. be off the charts. Deserve will be good. Heat map Twitter will be great. Um, but yeah, I just, I felt like they needed to do a better job of finishing to your Nylander point. I completely agree. I just, he had moments tonight, better tonight for sure. Better tonight. Moments. We'll give him credit, but better in the second period, but just still some up and down play, man. Like force it. If, if, if I'm, yeah, if I'm, if I'm being completely truthful, I thought, Hey, here's, here he goes. Now he's kind of carrying the play. You can just tell it's when when guys can't get the puck off of them and they're starting to give them space because they know they're going to get burned trying to reach in and, and try to create something and take it off of them. That's when Nylander's at his best, when he's driving the net and he's taking the puck hard. Like you say, drop the shoulder, go to the net, create for somebody else. That's Nylander. Feels like the wrist shot has gone away to a certain degree too. The Nylander just confident, grip it and rip it. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that as often. I thought that there was some boneheaded moments from him tonight too. And just inconsistent play throughout the game. Not to uh, do all-star game uh, takes here, but my, one of my big takeaways from the weekend is that it did feel like Willie was a star and he belonged on that ice. And like, I guys kind of got the feeling like it's like, okay, you know, that contracts a lot and he's going through a cold spell here and, but maybe he's going to pull out of this. And I, I did feel like he wasn't like, I don't know. He just didn't feel like he didn't belong there. Felt like he was amongst peers and he did well in the skills comp and he was good in the all-star game. They win the game or whatever. I know it doesn't really matter, but it kind of made me feel a little bit better. And I thought tonight, right off the first shift, he had his head down. He was digging. He was going hard. 
and it just feels like it doesn't go early for him right now. He kind of goes away. Like it feels like the first period he was digging. He was trying to, you know, win puck battles. He had a couple good chances, but it feels like if he doesn't get it early, it's just a confidence thing. It really is. And it feels like he's a guy that you didn't think that was going to be an issue, but it truly feel like he's fighting it right now. He's feeling the weight of the contract. It feels like I honestly don't know how to think of it any other way. He gets his contract. We all think he's his cool customer, mm-hmm. but he has been pretty bad ever since then. So I don't know, like, I don't think he's mailing it in, but like, I don't, there's something's happened since then. So, well, there's take a couple away things. what you want to do. There's, there's a couple things. One is the, the rate in which he was scoring was clearly unsustainable despite how right. great he was playing. Yep. Not every game is going to be played in front of his fans in Sweden. The Leafs yeah. first half schedule was way lighter than the second half schedule. Like they basically Strength they basically paid him right at the end of uh, the the weakest portion of the Leafs schedule. They they mm-hmm. jumped up bigger than any team other than Boston from that Sharks game moving forward like the second half of the season. So better strength of competition, normalization of numbers, and this is why people say sample size and that's why you play the entire season. That's why it was a little bit of curious timing when they paid him that contract, because you got to wonder if, okay, we kept saying the numbers going up and up and up and up based on every single game where it was cookie night for the Leafs. But I, I, I did have that thought today of, well, what's the number today? Is it the same? Like, are you just, are you, are you bending over backwards? Did you take away some motivation from a guy that clearly has had motivation issues in his past. Anyway, I don't even feel any sympathy. I know there's probably some people in the chat that are pissed off listening to this because they're like, oh, classic, you know, Leafs lose a couple games and everyone's back to blaming William Nylander. Buddy, you take the monster contract and That's this what the money what is for. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Nylander was delivering incredible value on his deal yes. and he still is for this season, I guess. But you take the monster bucks, you take as much as Pasternak, sorry, 0.1% less than Pasternak to the nerds. I apologize, nerds. And well, the nerds are here for the Pasternak. The what? nerds are here for Angval night for sure. Oh, the nerds are here for this is their I mean, it'd be kind of their Super Bowl because it's like they got the heat map. So that's all they need from <laughs> Nylander. They're like, look at the heat map. His his map is great. And Angval our Lord scored. So it's it's a big uh, night for the nerds. But no, you're right. Like this is what happens. You play in Toronto. You didn't take a cent less. You didn't take a year less. You got every single concession in the contract. And the set, like, that's what happens. And like, you're not playing in Florida. You're not playing in Phoenix. You're not playing in Dallas. You signed the biggest contract in franchise history for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The eyeballs widen and Mm -hmm. people start measuring you against that. And listen, we can have a conversation like we've had a million times with the cap and blah, 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 blah. But the breaks are the breaks and the way it goes right now, this is how you're measured. You're measured about how much you make. And that's too bad. That sucks that that's the way it is. But listen, got to start producing because people are going to be even more pissed than they already are. So, Well, speaking of contracts, Mm. what do you think they got to do with RFA, Simon Benoit, who has become... Max. Yeah. Max contract. It's Lifetime. Like, it's going to be the big. It's going to be the big six. Like when they re-signed Simone, is the core six with him and Morgan Riley on the back end. Yeah. Um, dumb penalty by Ryan Reeves. Like I guess Ryan Reeves isn't feeling the pressure of staying on the roster now that the Leafs are fielding like a borderline AHL bottom. Well, not a borderline. Like just kind of no. like a factually AHL fourth line. A hundred percent fourth line. That's like a third just, line in the AHL. 
Yeah, it's not good. Um, yeah, it's it, it again speaks to the depth issues when they lose Camp and Yarncrock, and you look at this roster and say that's it. But yeah, just stupid emotional penalty from Reeves again, a guy who's supposed to bring some physicality, and it just it, it'll always remind me of the Clifford hit where you say, oh yeah, that's your job. Well, then you're going to take a stupid penalty from time to time. He takes one, Benoit with just an unbelievable block on the kill. Then mm-hmm. in the next period. He lines up Bar. Wait, well, it was Barzal, right? No, he, yeah, he lined up Barzal, nailed yeah. Barzal, and then he fights Horvat, right? Yeah. And I, I've, I've been on record many times. I hate these fights. I love fighting in hockey. I think it's. I think there's a time and a place. To me, this is even dumber than some of the old fights that used to be just performative. At least that was. Hey, these are guys earning paychecks. The <sighs> guy having a hit, especially a clean hit, one that wasn't even that oh. bad he gets the instigator good for him. I thought that he didn't originally, but I I'm so this fight sucks, but I loved Benoit just immediately ready for it gets in there. I thought won the fight for whatever it's yeah. worth. I mean, I, I would hope that he wins the fight. I, yeah. I, I give more credit to Horvat for stepping in there. Like that's a clear sure. mismatch. He's not a fighter. That's just a classic heart and soul type of guy. Horvat that goes to battle for his superstar on his team or whatever. But yeah, this is a, this isn't even really a, big hit like he kind of missed this is him and i guess you know i i agree i i hate the big the big hit fight especially in the flow of a game that's a good game i guess you have to have it and if you're gonna if that's the only way we're gonna get fighting in nhl i'll take it because i don't want to lose that but yeah i I thought that was kind of stupid but yeah another great night for ben yeah yeah yeah. read it patrick was says on horvat stepping up uh for the fight in life you have a chance you could be an eagle or a duck he was an (laughs) eagle there (laughs) I love it. I got, I, mean, I got some Patrick. Like a, is that a saying or? No, it's a Patrick Watson, <laughs> but I, I'll tell you this. I, I do have some Patrick Watt thoughts tomorrow on my podcast. So tune nice. in for, for those. Um, I don't get either, either way. I just, I, I think that if just to close the Simone Benua thought. Yeah. If you pulled hardcore Leaf fans, not like, you know, you go to a couple of games a year. You Like I'm saying, if you're, if you're watching this Leaf stock and you watch every single game, if you pulled that group of, Who's the most unanimously popular leaf right now? <laughs> I would say it would still be Matthews one. Like who yeah. hates Matthews? Not, no. I, I don't really know anybody. I think most leaf fans just love Matthews, but I think two would be Riley yep. and three would be Simone Benoit. <laughs> I honestly don't think you're that far off. Like I'm trying to Who's think who else would, would slide in there. I think. I mean, depends what age group. Marner's pretty. Popular. No, no, no. I'm saying it's... universally amongst, oh, like, yeah. universally amongst most Leaf fans that are diehards that watch every game this season. But that just says more about what Leaf fans love than it does about their, like, you know, that's just like, you're right. But yeah, I'm not Leaf saying fans... he's the third best player. No, on the no team. I know. I know you're not. But I'm just saying that Leaf fans, he is right in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Gritty, uh, overachiever, exceeding expectations, mm-hmm. fights, hits. Like has a funny face about him, you know. He's just like a seems like a goofy guy that's just funny all heart. He does. <laughs> he's always making a funny face. He's got a duster on. Like he's just like a quirky yeah. cat. He is. Yeah. He just seems like a quirky cat. I saw yeah. him talking about how he loves crushing milk on Luke on Luke Gazdick's podcast. He's like I a drinks that. a huge glass of milk every day. Like he's. Just I like, love that. He's a quirky French bro that just loves to nail guys and fight. Like, but it is what it is. And I think I'm into it. I think he's really carved like credit to him. Where was this guy on the depth chart? I watched this guy play in the preseason. I'm like, he can never play for the Leafs. Hey, this guy is he was unplayable. Seven. He's, he was seven or eight to start the year. Probably now, probably eight. 
but now it's like, oh my God, what would they do if they lost Benoit? Like he is super important to them. So I hope he sticks around. I hope they don't uh, pay him at the absolute peak of his worth like somebody else. But uh, yeah, he's been good. And it was an awesome night again for him tonight. That shot blocks all heart. It's a guy mm-hmm. winding up and he sticks his face in front of it. Like this is just reckless abandon. And yeah, you love, love that. And that's what you need in the penalty kill, especially with having, you know, camp and yarn out for an extended period of time. You need other guys to step up on the power penalty kill. And I know he's a defenseman, but like you need guys getting in lanes. He does it. He just does all the stuff that nobody else in the, the team does. Like mm-hmm. he's a, like I heard Colby talking about how he's putting on the construction vest. Like that's a perfect way to put it. He's a construction vest kind of guy. Yeah, all the other leafs, all the other kind of, all the other leafs are like guys that are in the, the portable. Yeah, they're in the, the, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. they got a lot of, they're, they got a packed portable this team. Yeah. The portable is packed. Ben was out digging the mud. Yeah. They're in the, they're in there having a cough. They're doing the move where to close the door. It's like, suck in boys, suck in, close the door, close the door. So big old Benoit, let him do the work yeah. out there alone. Let the butcher yeah. do the work out there alone. Yeah. I think he's the Leafs fourth most important defenseman right now. Um, I, I still have Brody, obviously. Like yeah. I know that people Riley, are down Brody, on Brody, but he's still more important. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. that if you would have told me, though, that Simon Benoit would be more important to the Leafs than Timothy Lilligren, I would say <laughs> yeah. there's absolutely no chance. And I think that it's just like that's I, a strong opinion that I have. I think that and what I, Benoit brings the Leafs is more important to this group than what Lilligren brings the Leafs, even if he's the more talented of the two players. Okay. Yeah. This is exactly what I was going to say. Like he does different things that yeah. nobody else does so i think that's yeah. that's that's perfectly said and i completely agree agree talk here but i completely yeah. agree so we can um, move on from that i don't i i still don't i haven't really seen how he got it other than it was a completely broken play i will mm. say listen i don't have kids but yeah. it tugs at the heartstrings a little bit Loved to see cal mcclain get that Loved goal it. and his dad just just the exuberance in which Paul had for Kyle McLean tonight. Yeah. Can we roll that? Can you see what happened before though? Because it, I kind of like the Leafs had a power play, obviously. And then yeah, just soft just play, lucky. just bad lucky. turnover. Oh no, it's just lucky. The guy, the guy was falling down. He swatted it towards the middle of the ice. It lands on his stick. It's a, it's, it's lucky, a one go that, back, yeah. win a puck battle, like go back. Where's that? That's math. That's, that this is a, is a great play, play on the boards. by uh, Cal Clutterbuck. Well, yeah, it was right at the end of a right at the end of a power play where they'd been out there for two full minutes. So of course he was tired. Um, that is a great finish by uh, McLean. And you, I, I know that you, uh, we were talking a little bit about it. And Samsonov, Samsonov has a propensity to bite on that move pretty hard. I remember he bit when so hard. But he remember when he like tore his knee up when mm. Marshawn did that exact same dangle on him. He bites mm. pretty hard in that first one and. But I give the guy credit. It's an NHLer who just gets called up. You know, he's looking for his first career NHL goal, and he doesn't just, like, wire one over the net or something. He shows a beautiful bit of patience and tucks it home. I love it. And, yeah, mm-hmm. like, listen, you see, the dad, you see the dad get fired up on the bench. I mean, you'd have to be pretty stone cold-hearted not to love that. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's great. I mean, I, I wonder what the relationship is like. Oh, teacher's pet, eh, bud? Like, he probably gets a little bit of that with his dad as the coach. Like we all had, we all had guys on our team that were uh, coaches' sons that sometimes yeah. weren't weren't our favorite. But I think we can give him a break because uh, it's the assistant coach. I think and, it goes uh, both ways, though. I think it goes both ways. Yeah, where for sure. like it's just, it's definitely a sport where a lot of guys, especially good players, have had their dads be coaches at some point. Yeah, it's got to be a little strange at the professional level. 
right? Like I always wondered about it when they had Dante Bichette on the bench for the Blue Jays and Bo was there. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you really think if you're the hitting coach that you're the hitting coach? Like, yeah, boy, there was a lot of takes last year. What happened to Dante? Get him back on the bench when their hitting went dry. That was a popular take, but we can yeah. move past that. Um, sure. uh, I wanted to say that that's every guy's dream when you're sitting in the penalty box and you're like, oh, yeah. my two minutes is almost up. <laughs> and it's like the puck lands in your stick and you're wide open breakaway and you go in and tuck like that. Can't imagine what that feels like in an NHL game. Good on him. Yeah, it was awesome. I will say, I think I'm, a, I know what you're saying. It's at the end. Maybe they shouldn't have been out there for the full two yeah. minutes again. But I, I do think that's a soft play by Matthews. And I think it's also a sure. soft play and seeing it again also by Nylander, who's coming over kind of in support and then just sort of quits on the play. Like, yeah, it's lucky. It's it's bad luck. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I believe that you create your own luck. Anyway, sure. uh, last thing is, this is going to be sort of a hobby horse for me. Or this is just, when Samsonov lets in a goal, I'm always going to be very curious to see how he responds mm-hmm. after he lets in the goal. And I thought yep. that he was solid again tonight. And he's starting to just feel normal. Like he let one in and I went, oh boy. And I still have that feeling. And I'm sure a lot of Leaf fans do of, okay, what happens when you're not tied in the hockey game? Or what happens if you're not getting peppered and you just, he, he lets one in yep. and it wasn't his fault. No one's blaming him, right? It's just, it's a beautiful play by Barzal at the line. And then somehow he gets lost in the shuffle scores. But I went, okay, let me see how you settle in the hockey game. And I thought he was just fine. I thought he was good. I thought it was a solid game for Samsonov. And uh, yet again, it's a no brainer to put him in the net on Wednesday. Yeah. Like he's just back to being a capable NHL goal. You can put in yeah. net, which is something that I never thought I would say the rest of this year after watching yeah. him for the first two months of the season, he's back to being normal, which is all you can hope for. And you hope that he kind of stays normal for the next two weeks so they can get Joe wall going. And then you kind of figure out from there how you split them. You probably give Samsonov a lot more to ease wall back in and you go from there. But Feels like he's still a ways away. Keith said today that he was going to be mid February. So you're going to need, you're going to need Samsonov to continue to be hot. But if he looks like this, play him all three games this week and you go from there. Yeah. I think if he keeps playing like this, where the only goals against are a broken play, a defensive breakdown, um, a breakaway, it's like, it's hard to really say that he's not your starting goaltender. Like he just, he looks like one right now. Um, All right. Anything else for you? Speaking of hobby horses, bud, uh, another another night in the NHL uh, watching yet another unbelievable Canadian hockey player play excellent. And with the, with the announcement of best on best being back, uh, the what is it, the Frozen Four face-off or whatever the hell it's called next year, followed yeah. by 2026 Olympics, World Cups. Like, we're going to get to, we get to have... Four Nations Face-Off. Thank you, Sean. No, just Four Nations Cup. Why do you keep but it's that? Nation, but it's Four Nations Face-Off. That's the official name. That's what it's called. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, Four Nations Face-Off. They had to NHL it up. Uh, Barzal is a stud. And yeah, you put him with another guy that finishes. Like, he's playing mm-hmm. with Horvat, who's a good player or whatever. Like, he needs another guy on that team to really work off of. But to me, you put him with a finisher. You put him with a finisher with a bit of speed. I don't know if Canada has any of those guys. He is going to be dynamic. So, just another night watching a Canadian hockey player, and it's like, oh, no, no, we're screwed. We have to play America. They're goalies. We'll be fine. That's my uh, that's my last my last thought from the Leafs game tonight. Yeah, listen, um, I think when you put the forward groups up, they're going to look phenomenal. Yep. Put the blue line up, it's going to look good. Yep. But it's hard when I saw one of the panels put together the Team Canada today, and they had Marc-Andre Fleury as 
on the team. And I went, how many goalies before the Americans bring Mark Andre Fleur? Like they're not even bringing him as an equipment manager. (laughs) He's buddy. The pride, the pride of uh, Victoria, BC, uh, Aiden Hill, Stu, Stu Skinner, red hot for the best team (laughs) in the league right now. Yeah. Tristan Jar, he, yeah. uh, I'm a, I'm Bennington, also, as Jobo says, my own sound legend, guy won the OHL championship. I do believe Bennington is a big game player because of that. For product. sure. Like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big game, yeah. big game, Bennington. Although it's funny, I have two takes. I think that Bennington is both a big game player and also that Nightmare. he would get scored on by <laughs> Justin Bieber one out of 10 times guaranteed. And that's why he won't do it. That's why he won't do it. Yeah. It's true, man. He was Bieber's shot would be such a muff, and he wouldn't be ready for one. Would trickle in, one would get in. Anyway, so uh, uh, I'm I'm happy. I'm yeah, really excited about the announcement. Great we're, we're, well, hell yeah! But like every American guy, they win the they win the World Juniors, and now we suck. It's like relax, be fine. I don't. But I, to me, that that's not really it. Like I don't want to get too deep in this conversation. But to me, it's like the current Canadian guys are still studs, and they have yeah. the we care more than you factor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And what I worry about with the juniors and with some of these teams is yeah. we're losing a bit of our identity as like Canada hockey, go hard to the net, hit sure. finish checks. Yeah, I get like you. the way the game is changing, we just look more like America. And if we're going to play like America, then the country with more guys is going to end up being coming better than us. Well, listen, so that's that's, that's future. That's future me's problem. But the next three competitions will be fine. Honestly, if America gets better at us in hockey, like I don't think I'll just be able to watch anymore. I'm not a sports fan anymore. Yeah, I'm moving like, to I think woods. that's it. I think that's when woods. I retire. Like if I, if they take that, <laughs> if they take that from us, yeah. I, I, I got not like whatever. Sure. The buys are moving to the Yukon and we're going to go fish and live in the Yukon and not watch hockey. Ever Any, again. anything other than watching hockey. If America's <laughs> Agreed. Anything like, I don't care. <laughs> got to get out. Actually, I don't want to talk about the same. It's making me feel sick. Anyway, uh, all right. Subscribe to the podcast. Hit the thumbs up. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkus at Sammy McKee. Leave a five-star review if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. And we'll see you Wednesday night.